I'm so grateful that God has chosen me to be a representation of Him in the earth at all times, at all costs. I'm sold out for Jesus.
Bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2, starting at verse number 1. And the word of God says, When the day of Pentecost came, all the believers were gathered together in one place. Suddenly, there was a noise from the sky which sounded like a strong wind blowing. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they saw what looked like tongues of fire, which spread out and touched each person there. And verse 4 said, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to talk in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. Before you take your seats, please look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, neighbor. Are, you ready are you ready to receive the replacement? Are you ready to receive the replacement? You may have your seats now in the presence of the Almighty God. There's a twist uh, to this. There's a twist to this and it's Probably not going to be the typical Pentecostal message, but there is a word from the Lord. Amen. Are you ready to receive the replacement? Our quote for today is this. Some people come into your life and you just know that you will never be able to replace them if they left. Help me, Jesus. Some people come into your life and you just know 
without a shadow of a doubt that you will never be able to replace them if they left. A replacement by definition of beautiful people is a person or thing that takes the place of another. A person or thing that takes the place of another. Also a substitute. Okay, a replacement. A person or thing that takes the place of another. Also a substitute. Okay. In John chapter number 6, and starting at verse number 5, Brother Riley, through verse number 14, Jesus holds somewhat of a planning meeting of his departure with his disciples. And in this meeting, Pastor Mason, he lets them know that it was time for them to leave. If you don't mind, sir, please put up John chapter number 16 and verse number 5, starting at verse number 5. So Jesus, as he's having this meeting or having this conversation with the disciples um, at this time, he was letting them know that it was time for him to leave them. He was resigning from his earthly position, but preparing the way for his replacement. He was resigning from his earthly position, yet he was preparing the way for his replacement. So in his conversation, Minister Green, with the disciples, he shares with them his heart concerning them. He says, but now I'm going to him who sent me, yet none of you ask me where I'm going. Give me the next verse, please. The Bible says in verse number six, says, and now that I have told you that I'm leaving, now that I've told you that I'm resigning uh, my earthly position as the Savior, my earthly position, please don't forget this, my earthly position as the, the, the chosen one, as uh, God with us, as I'm resigning my earthly position, I want to make sure that you are prepared for the replacement. So the Bible says, after I've told you this, your hearts are full of sadness. So again, it goes back to the quote that I gave you for the day, that you have some people who come into your life that you know that you will never be able to replace them should they leave. And because the disciples had walked with Jesus, oh my God, because the disciples had given up their lives to walk with him now he's telling them as they're finally coming into their own as they're finally getting the grasp the grasp and the grip of things as they're finally figuring life out figuring life with Christ out he says to them I realize that you don't want me to go good God in this money I realize that you don't want me to leave but I got to resign and move to my next place. And he says, if I got to resign in order to move higher, that means that you have to increase on your own. See, a lot of us beautiful people have gotten comfortable, help me Jesus, with everybody else leading us. We've gotten comfortable with having the anointing 
sitting right there with us all of the time. We've become comfortable with the people of God, our prayer warriors, our intercessors, and our best friends. We've gotten comfortable with them being there and the people in our circle. But what happens when God tells these people that now they have to leave? Oh my God. And I know it's 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 your heart. The Bible says here their hearts were full of sadness because they've seen Jesus work miracles. They've seen the change in the earth as it relates to who he was. And they're saying, Jesus, if you for 
Jesus because they have a relationship with him. See, uh, the reason why a lot of people can't follow apostle like they should is because they don't have that relationship. See, they respected Jesus for being who he was. So it was easy for them to follow. To follow him. Amen. He says, let me ease the pain in your heart. It's best for you if I leave. Now, wait a minute, Jesus. How is it best for me if the Savior leaves? How is it? Better for me if God's only begotten son leaves. So there's a theologian, Mr. Alfred, who says uh, that when Jesus says it is expedient for you that I should go, it implies that the dispensation of the spirit is a more blessed manifestation of God than what was in the bodily presence of the risen Savior. Yeah, yeah, so he was saying in, in totality yeah. that it's more beneficial for you for me to leave because my replacement is going to be able to do something for all of you that I couldn't do. Now, I know this sounds oxymoronic that how is there something that can be better for me than Jesus? How is it that there can actually be something more beneficial for me in my life than Jesus? So in another translation, in another translation, uh, when it says it is expedient for you that I should go, another translation said that it was for our advantage, Jesus, that he left us. I feel like preaching this. Uh, it, it, it is for our advantage for him to leave. So Jesus was saying, I know what you saw me do while I've been with you, yet there's a more favorable position for you when I leave.
done it. Have you ever had times in your life where you just absolutely, positively, without a shadow of a doubt, that you have loved somebody with everything in you, but yet you had to tell them that it's better for you if you left. I love you. I, I do anything in the world for you, but it's better. I feel like preaching this. It's going to be better for you. I love you, but I don't want to hurt you no more than what I have. Lord, help me here. I love you, but I don't want to disappoint you no more than what I already have. So if I leave, it's going to profit you. I don't want the children that have to deal with us fussing and fighting and being angry and hearing us yelling. So it's, it's going to profit you if I leave. Uh, no, 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 don't cry for me. That's why Whitney was able to say this. So, and I, I, I will always love you. I hope I treat you kind. And I hope you have all you need. Somebody better. Say, what? 
not going to journey on now. But let me say this. Jesus was able to do this because he had also experienced it in his life. Because John the Baptist was going around baptizing before Jesus showed up. But John, oh my God, John did not suffer from atherosclerophobia, the fear of being replaced, because he was able to make this statement. He said, wait a minute now. I know you respect me and you love me for what I do. But let me tell you, I am not the ultimate one because there is one that's coming after me that's not worthy for me to take his shoes loose. There's something. He said there's somebody that's coming that I'm making the way for. That's the real deal. Because it had been done in his life. He knew that that I'm only going to, I know I'm good for him, oh my God, but I'm only going to stagnate their forward progression if I stay here. Because I'm only able to be in one place at one time. I'm only able to affect one person at a time. I'm only able to do what I do right here where I am. Because remember the replacement. Sit down, Apostle. Don't preach my sermon. Because the replacement. See, what Jesus had done, uh, Mother, was he made it very difficult for him to be replaced. He had assumed a position in the hearts of the disciples that they didn't even want to fathom him not being the one. Uh, so you got to live to make sure that if somebody going to come behind you, they're going to have to bring that pain. They're going to have to bring that thunder. If you're going to replace me on my job, if you're going to replace me in the community, if you're going to replace me in ministry, if you're going to replace me in the kingdom, if you try to replace me as the fragrance of this house, the replacement going to have to show come with it because I live every day of my life as it's going to be my last day and that means I give everything 100% all of the time so if somebody's going to replace me they're going to show how to break it and so you might tell your boss I'm going to do everything I can and if you decide to replace me you're going to have to look for a long time and it's got to be somebody unique it's got to be somebody with characteristics that are well off of the spectrum of great. If you're going to find somebody to replace me, they got to come to work way early and stay way late. they got to make time for everybody. They can't just be certified, but they got to be certified, qualified, 
mercy. He says, Lord, have mercy. If I don't go away, my replacement will not come. So the word says, if I don't go away, the let's go to the King James Version of this real quick. He says, if I don't go away, the comforter, I want you to see this. The comforter will not come. Give me the good news translation. He says, if I don't go away, the helper will not come. Give me the NIV version. He says, if I, if I don't go away, the advocate will not come. So what Jesus was saying, and I can go, as a matter of fact, don't put, go to the Amplified version. Do we have that? Uh, go to the Amplified version. Let's, let me take a peek and see what she say. Oh, my God. We may not have it. Give me the uh, New Living Translation, NLT. I know we got that one. Yeah. <laughs> he called it, they call it the advocate here. So, he says, if certain things don't go away in your life, it is keeping something advantageous to you from coming. Stop trying to hold on to what you need to let go of for better to get to you. So here in the King James Version, let's go to that version. Here in the King James Version, it says, if I do not go away, oh my God, the comforter will not come to you. So the Greek word for comforter is paraclete, which means advocate or helper, also the Holy Spirit. So he says, if I don't go, if I don't leave, if I don't go away, then you won't have the advocate, oh my God, uh, to, that will come to you. And, and an advocate is someone who backs you, someone who supports you, someone who defends you, someone who promotes you, someone who counsels you, and someone who is a lawyer for you, someone who is a spokesperson on your behalf. So if I don't leave, if I don't go away, your comforter, your advocate, your helper, your defender, your pusher, your encourager, your supporter will not come. So if we keep reading, it says, and when the Holy Spirit, oh my God, that is the comforter, and when the Holy Spirit show up, he will expose and convict the world. Give me the verse, the next verse, verse 8. There it is. It says, when the Holy Spirit shows up, he will expose and convict the world of their sin, righteousness, and judgment. I got three points for you. Please write this down. The first one, what is uh, he going to expose uh, and convict the world of their sin? That means their belief in Jesus, number one. It's going to expose the fact that they are wrong about sin. Merciful. Number two, that they are wrong about what is right. This is the righteousness, meaning their personal integrity and godly character. The things that they think is the right thing to do. The Holy Spirit is going to expose to them. That they are wrong about what's right. That's right. That's good. They're wrong about what they think is right. And number three is the certainty of judgment. They are wrong about judgment. Yes, God. 
They are wrong about their belief in me. They are wrong about what they think they are right about. And they are wrong about judgment. That's what the Holy Spirit is going to reveal. Verse, the very next verse, when the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth comes, the one who reveals the truth about God, uh, I think it's 11 now, 12, 13, there it is. It says, when the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth comes, one who reveals the truth about God, he will lead, here it is, he will lead and guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but to reveal Jesus and show you things to come. Which means whenever the Holy Spirit comes, it comes for preparation, warning, foresight, and prophecy. Preparation, warning, foresight, and prophecy. That is, he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Yeah. The Holy Spirit prepares you for what's next in your life. Yeah. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're not going to be prepared for what comes next. And a lot of us struggle not for what we know now or what we don't know now. It's because of what we don't know next. And it also gives us a warning. Whenever you have this foresight, you're able to see ahead and the Holy Ghost will tell you, uh-uh, uh-uh, trouble over there. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. There's a dip over there. And the reason why a lot of us fall into sin, the reason why a lot of us fall to temptation is because we don't have the Holy Spirit. Because I tell you this, if you got the Holy Spirit, oh my God, it's stronger than you are. And so if you really got it, you can't ignore it. When you really got it, when it really has taken root in your life, you can't say, well, I had the Holy Ghost on Friday, but I fell in sin on Saturday and picked it back up on Sunday. Whenever you got the Holy Ghost, you ain't as powerful as what God said to be better than him. What Jesus said to be better than him. And if Jesus had the authority to shut the mouth of death and remove the sting of death, we are not powerful
fleshly desires. It's not the fact that I don't have the lust of my flesh and the lust of my eyes and the pride of life. It just so happens that none of those are, are more powerful than the Holy Ghost that I have. And so even though my flesh acts up, the Holy Ghost that I Oh my God. 
In Acts chapter number one, the apostles asked if it was time uh, when Jesus would restore the kingdom back to Israel. And so he tells the apostles that timing was the father's business, but what they would get was the replacement. You don't need to worry about when it's going to happen. That's my business, and that's the Father's business. All you need to be concerned about is the fact that the replacement is going to come. In verse number 8 of Acts chapter number 1, let's go there. In verse number 8 of Acts chapter number 1, the Word of God says, I want you to see it like I see it. Hallelujah, Jesus. The Word of God says, but ye shall receive after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. He says, and when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be filled with power and you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Listen at this. When one thing becomes temporarily available, unavailable, you normally use a substitute. When something becomes temporarily unavailable, you normally use a substitute. Brother Akery, you are a director uh, of student services in a local school district, and you know that whenever one of your regular certified teachers become temporarily unavailable, whether it's for a day, a week, illness, vacation, whatever, you utilize a substitute. Am I correct, sir? Absolutely. But whenever that certified teacher becomes permanently unavailable, you don't look for a substitute. You look for a replacement. So Jesus in the flesh becomes permanently unavailable. That means it's not time for a substitute. It's time for a so I noticed something, Minister Brown, I'm calling on you because you introduced this to me today uh, when you introduced me. Uh, I noticed something about the Holy Spirit as God was pulling this message out of me. The fire, oh my God, the fire of the Holy Ghost didn't fall the many times that Peter and the other apostles met for prayer meeting. Because if you read Acts chapter number 1, it lets you know, as a matter of fact, if you go from like John chapter 17 and 18 all the way through Acts chapter 1, it says that they met up for various prayer meetings. Peter and the other apostles showed up for prayer meetings, but the fire of the Holy Ghost never failed. Uh, he, and I say he because that's how the Bible classifies the Holy Spirit. He didn't show up when the apostles and the 120 met up to decide who 
Judas's replacement was going to be. The fire didn't even fall when Matthias was selected as Judas's replacement. Now keep in mind, you got the same people showing up for prowling after prowling after prowling, but the Holy Ghost and the fire of the Holy Ghost never failed. Even when Jesus ascended to heaven, because at this point he was permanently being removed from the earth, he did not send the help immediately. He did not send the replacement immediately. So what I want to say to somebody before I close this message, it is important for you to wait for your replacement. Don't try to God see what he says is from the time I remove somebody out of your life, I don't always immediately provide you a replacement. So don't get discouraged when it's taking you some time for somebody to come in to fill the gap. Don't don't get beside yourself. Don't try to make nothing happen. Don't try to force something. You gotta be patient because remember now in 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 in, in, in Acts chapter number one when the, the, the apostles were saying, "When are you gonna restore the kingdom back to Israel?" He said, "You're worried about the wrong thing. You're worried about the timing, and the timing ain't none of your business." I tell you, look down your row and just point at every single person down your row and say. But timing is none of your business. You're trying to worry about when it's going to come, whether it's going to be in June or July of 2021, or whether it's going to be next year. Timing is none of your business. I'm going to tell somebody you got to stop worrying about when God is going to replace it. You got to stop worrying about when God is going to do it because He tells them, Pastor Mason, that timing is the Father's business. Only
Children, not just. 
Thank <laughs> you. 